what we know about really hot fires, if they get hot enough, they burn up all the dead things in our life. Mm -hmm. Are we allowing the wildfire, the gospel to spread throughout our entire life? Our, our says our mind, our soul, our soul, our strength, everything that we do, everything that we think, everything that we live, everything that we love and believe. If we allow the fire to continue to burn and, ex and, and go through all of those things, you're allowing it to burn up the dead things that don't produce anything. Mm -hmm. And that will include some of the things of fear, self-consciousness, the things that we are worried about. Allow the wildfire of the gospel and the love of Christ to burn those things up so that they are no longer hindrances to you. Welcome to the Hub Podcast, a resource for house church leaders to foster and guide healthy house churches toward deep devotion, contagious community, and missional imagination. This is an extension of Common Ground Northeast Christian Church in Indianapolis, Indiana. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, y'all, welcome back to the Hub Podcast. My name is Sam Linetti. I am the formation pastor at Common Ground Northeast, back with my buddy, friend, and the leader of this thing, Eric Thien. Hey, I'm Eric, uh, lead pastor at Common Ground Northeast, and uh, we're jumping into uh, kind of another, uh, I don't know if it would be called a mini series, uh, but as we debrief and, and talk about and reflect on ideas that we've been talking about in our current series on Sunday morning that we're preaching through is wildfire, and um, just giving us some an opportunity to think through and process some of the ideas that we're talking about. Uh, as we do it. And so we're going to jump into a couple more elements of that series today. And so as we started this, we, we brought up the idea of three elements of fire that you're going to need heat, you're going to need fuel, and you're going to need oxygen. And so I just want to bring up that idea, Sam, in your idea, in your opinion, what does it mean to bring the heat? What, what makes the wildfire go? Yeah. So, um, in our first episode, if you didn't catch it, make sure you, you go back and listen to it. We brought up a little bit of this idea of heat. And, um, you know, when we talk about heat, you know, what makes this fire, this wildfire go, part of the heat is really our relationship with God, I think. Like, you know, uh, we talk about what's that spark. Well, if we're going to, you know, help others kind of get sparked and be lit, like we got, we got to know if we're even sparked and lit. And, and, and if our fire is going inside of us and, and what propel, if we even think about it, what propelled people forward, it wasn't the ambition of the apostles to like, see how many churches they could plant. It wasn't how many numbers are we gaining? Um, like if we look at second Corinthians five, it says for the love of Christ compels us. So, so what is it? It's not numbers. It's not production. It's not, uh, yeah. you know, our, how many Twitter followers are we getting? How many likes are we getting? Uh, can we make money doing this? It was the love of Christ. And then now back up. Why did, you know, why did, why did God send his son down here? It was birth out of what love, like he came to redeem us out of his love. And he came down here and, and he did what he did. And he walked mm -hmm. through this. And then even on the night, we, we talked about this a little bit, even on the night before he was going to die he spent the entire evening in a garden praying that his mind and his heart was right to do this. And, and I guarantee he was praying that it, it was, it was out of a sense of 
of love for the kingdom and reconciling all things. And so when he walked into this, carried his cross, people spitting on him, all this stuff, the way he responded was what? Mm. Lord, forgive them. Like, and one guy said, Hey, like on the, on the cross next to him, remember me in paradise. Absolutely. You Mm -hmm. will be there with me. There was this sense of like, man, how are you enduring all of this? Go back to what he was praying. It was a heart condition. It was, it was a a mental space. He was making sure it was coming from the right perspective. And I want to bring up a little bit of, um, of wake and some of the stuff in his book. He said, let me, let me pause real quick. I love, I just wanted to to point out where I focused on Paul and his compulsion to go from town to town and from city to city. I love the, the way in which he just depicted how Jesus's love caused him to endure physical pain and affliction to the extent that as he's being spit on beat on, I mean, don't miss that. (laughs) He's, he is, uh, he is pushing through all of those things because the forgive them father for they know not what they do right that he has this end goal and this mission of making sure that the love of god is seen that he is pushing through the torment of the road to the cross um in addition to some of the other things he endured but man i love that that idea and bringing jesus into that so yeah you're going to mention from from ed wigan yeah just a couple of uh one-liners i think are really important to bring here excuse me I need to get some water. Um, He says this, a couple of quotes here. When love is not the foundation of proclaiming the gospel, the heartbeat of evangelism is lost. Hmm. Sharing the good news of Jesus as a way of life is the result of love. When love is the foundation, evangelism flows naturally. A believer's heart that is blazing for God will want more of him. And I would then argue would compel others to want more of him too. And Mm. so uh, even thinking of some, some, some books and even some pillars uh, within Christian faith that I thought of, there's this lady, I don't know if you ever heard of her, her name's mother Teresa. Um, So I think I've heard of her. Yeah. If you, I'm not going to assume anybody has, but if you, if you haven't, this was a lady that dedicated her life to a place called (laughs) Calcutta. And I think it's safe to assume. (laughs) I'm trying not to here, trying not to. Um, but I remember reading um, in some of her reflections and journals, she shared at one point, and I'm paraphrasing here, so don't mark me on this, but I remember her sharing to love without an agenda or a goal other than love itself is truly uh, unconditional love. So like love for love's sake is unconditional love. and I, And I think it's powerful because oftentimes I think we, we love out of expectation. If that makes sense, we mm-hmm. love out of, there's a difference between um, ex- expectation and expression. So like, you know, I think we can, we can walk into situations, especially from a Christian standpoint, and we want to evangelize and we have a system and a process. And our end goal is to see how many hands we have raised, but you are not coming with unconditional love. You are coming with an agenda behind it. But if you love mm. for love's sake, it's not just love. I'm talking about Christ-centered love. The love of Christ compels us, right? If we are coming from love, then I think we can love fully in the way that Christ loved us, ultimately because we want others to feel that love, not come to a decision, not to, yeah. your life needs to be cleaned up this way, not for behavior modification, 
but for love's sake, that they would know the love of Christ and then allow, get this, catch this, you ready? Allow the love of Christ and the Holy Spirit that enters into that space, if a spark does happen in that person's life, to do the changing and to produce the fruit, not you. Mm. Yeah, that's great. You know, and I, and I, you know, I think one of the things that people are allergic to when it comes to evangelism in church culture is the idea of making someone a project. Yes. And, and um, I guess I, I, like there's two sides to that coin that I think are interesting. And, and I'm thinking in particular with our church, because I think we're very service and justice, uh, social justice oriented. Yes. Yep. And so there's kind of a double-edged sword in that we don't, we want to live in that tension between um, the, the idea of saying, we don't want to serve people with an agenda. We don't want to like uh, bait and hook people. And there are lots of things that we just do out of service for the sake of the community. Yeah. But I, but I would also say um, on the flip side of that, you know, there is a, an, in, the introduction of the greatest love that there ever could be with service without that introduction is to some extent incomplete. And, and, um, I don't know, like there's a tension there. We want to be on both of those things, never treat people like a project, but also not love people incompletely. <laughs> I guess if I could, yeah. if I could say it that way, um, yeah. but there's definitely a dance, but it, it's a, it's an invitation to say, um, we're not going to make a formula and just say that this is something that is driven by the ultimate love and love for others. And to want to enter into that space, you know, yeah. with, with people in, in that way. Well, yeah. one of the things we haven't gotten to go into, I mentioned maybe one, I think in the sermon or maybe two by the time, uh, you know, this airs, but one of the things I wanted us to think about was there's a number of, of what we would call and what Waken calls fire extinguishers, things that tend to, um, kill the fire, to reduce the heat, to lower our temperature of love for the sake of the gospel. Um, what, 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 fire extinguishers do you think we tend to deal with in our time? Oh gosh. That's kind of a loaded question <laughs> <laughs> because I, I think it, it, it can be a lot. I think we mentioned it a little bit in the previous um, episode, but um, you know, I, and Ed, Ed kind of points to this a little bit in this section uh, when he's talking about extinguishers, but a little bit of expectation versus expression. Uh, he talks a little bit about authenticity and I'll just go back to that. Like, um, yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with some of the biggest extinguishers are feeling like uh, our presentation has to be a performance uh, yeah. that it has to look a certain way, feel a certain way. I remember, um, at one point, I was talking with a leader about he was a uh, he was a chaplain for armies, some type of um, service. And he said one guy gave his life to the Lord and was on fire and he came out and he wanted to pray at the end of their meeting. And he's like, absolutely have at it. And he sits down and he goes, Lord, I know this world is bleeped up and this is no starts like cussing within his prayer. And the leader looked at me and he goes, man, I was thinking about stopping him because like, no, man, we don't do that. And I remember thinking going, this dude is sh like spilling his heart right now in a context, mm. probably with a bunch of dudes that like resonate with him. Why would you mm. 
why would you extinguish that? And so we, we talk at times, I would say, with missionaries about, you know, sometimes there's a, a negotiation that happens culturally. Um, but I think sometimes we as pastors and, and people in ministry, or even, even the, the priesthood of all believers, Christians, believers, we know how the Lord has worked in our own life. And maybe some of the things we've had to let down and, and change, but we do it out of the sake for the Lord. And I think we need to leave some space and not to, not just to like what it, expectations on how to share, but even place expectations are how, on how the spirit needs to work in somebody else's life. I think that mm. can be extinguished. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And so yeah. we, can unfortunately get into this idea of behavior modification because the Lord changed us in that way, but it may not be in the way in which the Lord is working in their life or have brought them through. And we need to really question and challenge, okay, what is a kingdom principle? What are kingdom um, mindsets? And what is the freedom within those uh, that we just need to chalk up to go, you know what? God is God and I'm going to let him do his thing. Um, <laughs> Sometimes we try to control that way too much. And I think that is extinguishing fires. Mm. Yeah, I, that's definitely a part of it. You know, you've got there and there's plenty of different types of ways that we extinguish ourselves. But I, I agree with you 100%. We, we talked about in, in um, you know, in the sermon, the extinguisher of being, sh- you know, ashamed of the gospel. We talked about the extinguisher of, you know, the embarrassment of the way the church has maybe had some missteps, not maybe mm-hmm. has had some definitely missteps, especially in, I would say, you know, just we're owning our context in the American culture that we've got some things in our history that are, um, you know, the use of, of scripture to uphold slavery, the use of, um, you know, scripture to, uh, uh, to eradicate groups, whole groups of people, native people here in the, for the name of, you know, manifest destiny. And so just as we're um, we're wanting to say those, we don't want to ignore those things, but, but they can also like create an embarrassment for us. That was those, those things weren't the gospel. You know, those were, um, those are malformations of the gospel and to say, okay, that that's not what we're trying to spread and to, um, own those things, be repentant of those things, um, and not shy away from the difficult conversation, but also to say, but those things don't define yeah. the actual gospel moving forward. Another extinguisher that I think is worth mentioning um, is just, you know, you've kind of alluded to here is that we, we will often be told that we have a standard, um, you know, the four spiritual laws yeah. or, um, you know, dare to share. I remember was really popular when I was a kid. And um, the one, one of the ones, you know, that I had was, you know, somebody would come up to you and say, Hey, you know, where, where would you be tonight? If you died, like if, if you died in your sleep tonight, where would you wake up? Would it be heaven or hell? Um, and so, and, and I don't want to, I, I think some of these can become fear mongering. So I, I don't want to yes. super legitimize, but I also don't want to say not th- that a lot of these things were not, you know, we crew, we've got people in our congregation that are part of crew that help develop evangelism methods. Yeah. And uh, many of them are very relational, very good. Yeah. And I've always kind of taken this stance and I know Ed, uh, we've mentioned Ed a bunch of times just because of, you know, his book helped us form this, but I know Ed, you know, personally, you if you ask him what, you know, a lot of times people, are like, Oh, you're into evangelism. What's what method you use. And he'll tell him like, I don't have a method. Yeah. I, and he kind of re- rejects them, not in a harsh way, but um, in, in exchange for a more personal 
what God has done in my life in exchange for a Holy spirit, which we'll talk about in a future podcast, but in a Holy spirit driven Mm -hmm. way of speaking to people about, um, you know, about God, but to say, Hey, those things are good. Those are like, I always say it like this. Those are great tools to have, you know, kind of add your toolbox. And, and some of them are helpful and necessary and our discussion starters, things like that. Um, but to say that what we're talking about is um, it's, it is both not those and all of those, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it can live outside of that. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, at any point God could use one of these um, you know, one of these uh, tools in order to spark a conversation. And so it's good to be, be well-prepared, have ideas, but also to know that there's a Holy spirit component, um, you know, that we'll get into here in the future. But I I, I think those are all extinguishers buying into the idea that if you haven't memorized the right things or, or learned enough apologetics (laughs) to refute every question, um, then, then you can't participate in, in evangelism. And I think you shared it. If you pull back the veil of the motivators behind that, it's fear. It's self-consciousness. It's, it's some of these shame things. It's uh, a fear of how people are going to, you're going to be viewed. Um, and even comparison to the way other people's have put people's other people have done Mm -hmm. it. And so if you really read even Paul's writings of, I constantly am becoming less so that God can become more Mm. like if we, if we, if we continue to become less, I think following the spirit, which we will talk about, but I think adventure and risk yeah, or faith, it's, it's, yeah. it, ma- it makes me think of a skydiver, right? Thrill seekers, mm-hmm. some like skydiver, you do it once, you're like, holy cow, I want to do it again. And you go, and then you start to expand more and more. And like, um, recently I was in LA with a friend and he went skydiving for his birthday. And I was sitting mm-hmm. around with people who have had over 14,000 jumps. Think about that's wild, crazy. Many of us are like, I don't want to do it once because I'm afraid, you know, that's going to be it here. I'm talking to somebody that's done it 14,000 times. And they're like, dude, it never gets old. And I'm going, I wonder (laughs) again, how something like that could impact the rest of the way they see everything. And so I wonder now when it comes to following, like following the spirit, adventure and risk, how that changes the way in which we see ourselves, we limit ourselves, we extinguish some of this. And it's almost like the more we do it, maybe the more it stokes the fire. Again, I'm not going to get into it because that's another episode. Yep. But man, like, uh, I, I think we need to really pull back, pull back the veil of what hinders us and realize maybe it's too much of ourselves and, and not enough, uh, of the Lord. And, and we're talking about, okay, bring in the heat. Now, one thing I want to make sure I mention, I know we're running short on time, but one thing I want to make mention, Eric, you say a lot recently, we want to pray ourselves hot, right? Mm-hmm. Pray ourselves hot. And so from a personal, two T's, two T's, but part of, part of what I'm wondering is from my personal standpoint, if we're talking about heat being the love of Christ in our own life and what extinguishes that part of me is going, are we trying to build um, fireplaces within our house, in our, within our souls, within our personal life to where the fire can, can sit and remain, but it remains behind walls or closed doors in other areas. And we're not allowing wildfire to spread throughout our entire life yeah. and, and burn up things because what we know about really hot fires, if they get hot enough, they burn up all the dead things in our life. Mm-hmm. Are we allowing the wildfire, the gospel to spread throughout our entire life, our, our 
says our mind, our soul, our soul, our strength, everything that we do, everything that we think, everything that we live, everything that we love and believe. If we allow the fire to continue to burn and, ex and, and go through all of those things, you're allowing it to burn up the dead things that don't produce anything. Mm -hmm. And that will include some of the things of fear, self-consciousness, the things that we are worried about. Allow the wildfire of the gospel and the love of Christ to burn those things up so that they are no longer hindrances to you. Mm. That's good. Uh, man, I, I mean, that's, there's no better way to, to end that just to, just to continue on in your reflection of this cultivating a hot, hot heat and um, asking God to burn away whatever hinders you from, from, um, from sharing the gospel. And this, this is one thing I wasn't able to, to include in the sermon, but it, I kept thinking of the moment where Elijah is working against the prophets of Baal and, um, you know, they're doing everything they can. Um, but I, I know that this isn't quite the application of, of this, but I just kept thinking like the type of fire that God is, is that he says, pour water, over this thing, barrels and barrels of water on my sacrifice. And he prays one time in an instant, the water is consumed and even parts of the area of the ground around it. And so our prayer today mm. is that you would have that consuming fire of God that would burn away um, everything that holds you back so that it can overflow into the life, into your neighborhoods, into your friends, into um, all of the people that are around you. And once again, ignite a wildfire. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, we'll see you here next week. We're going to go uh, one step further in our reflection on wildfire. Hope you all have a great week and we'll catch you later. Peace. We appreciate you stopping by and spending some time with us today. Make sure to check out the previous episodes on Hub Podcast. If you're interested in information on Common Ground Northeast, check out cgnortheast.com. We'll catch you next time.